What is shaking, everybody? Um, this episode of the Golf Guide podcast, as always, is brought to you by golfguide.net. And in this episode of the podcast, we give you part two of Casey and I's conversation where we discuss all 36 proposed rule changes to the USGA and RNA's rules of golf. Uh, so without any further delay, here is another episode of the Golf Guide podcast. <laughs> Next one, putting with an unattended flagstick left in the hole. Oh. Here we are. Current rule, loss of hole in match play. Even putting with it. So, yeah, putting with an unattended flagstick left in the see, hole. See, I didn't, you know, I've so always... this is actually two separate rules, apparently. I, I've, I thought always it was thought all... that, I've always thought that I was a pretty good rules guy, but I didn't know that you weren't allowed to even putt with the flagstick in the hole. Mm-hmm. Well, I never really I, have, I want, but... It, it doesn't say in this little write-up, and so, that you know... Take this with a grain of salt, but I don't. This doesn't specify whether you're putting from the actual green or well, if you're putting from. Well, putting is from the green by definition, right? So putting with an unattended flagstick left in the hole. Current rule is loss of hole in match play or a two-stroke penalty if the ball is played from the putting green and hits the unattended flagstick in the hole. The new rule is oh, and hits. Okay. There is no penalty if a ball played from the putting green. Hits the unattended flagstick in the hole. That's insane. <laughs> it's a, what kind of a world are we living in? I this don't is like, ridiculous. I just don't like that. <sighs> or wow, I don't like it. I, I don't know. I can't. I, I, I don't I, know I, if I can even describe it to you. It just I was doesn't hoping, seem like golf. I was hoping I had misinterpreted something that I had heard before when you were, you know, pointing out that it was. I haven't heard this in the popular press. It changes the nature of the game completely. Let's hope this is... Mike, I know I've said a lot of vulgar things about you in the past. I've used a lot of flowery four-letter words to describe your appearance and your approach to living life itself. But I ask you now, as a rational man, to reconsider this rule change. Your hair will come back if you change <laughs> this, this rule. This just doesn't... And you'll grow a foot. <laughs> this just doesn't seem like golf. And I again, part of me gets Golf? why they've implemented this because it, I don't get it, it makes it more no uh, relaxed for the casual golfer. But for people that are competing and people that are actually playing by the rules, which people, I know it's the minority of people who play golf, but it, that for the, those of us that actually are practitioners of the game, not to say that I'm really one of those, but this completely alters. That wasn't the rule that was bothering people. It right? wasn't. No, I don't, I don't think it was either. It is not, What's going to happen on the tour? Is, it is not hard to pull the fucking flag out and put it somewhere and putt. Yeah. It's just not. And and golf, like I said before, I'll repeat myself. Golf is about taking strokes and hitting a ball into a hole. I don't think a hole... <laughs> well... I don't think a hole implies that there's a big giant metal rod in the middle of the hole. Bazing. Right. And also, I mean, from a more sort of fashionable standpoint, it looks fucking stupid. It does to look really be standing really next lame. to a hole with a flagstick in it and putting to it when the flagstick is taller than you. I, f- I, I, f- I can only imagine that I would feel like a fucking hooligan if I, if I was to be putting a five-footer with a flag in the hole that would just seem 
Well, it's just like a like, how bad is like this some, sort of a buffoon? How bad kind. is this though, Sir Low? Like, if that really is the rule, I'm going to leave the flag in because I think I'll make more putts. See, I, I'm not totally convinced that's the case. I mean, I, I, now I'm going to unless be I'm on the low unless I'm on the low side. I'm going to be I'm curious on the high to side, see the I'm report it in. Uh, to whatever study report because if this is indeed going to be a rule change, you can bet your ass. There's going to be some people out there that actually they'll go and spend time and resources and it's, money. No, they've thought to, about it already. Uh, the, I don't know. The, the science I, that I, I've, I've seen heard, says I've leave things. it in. Really? Just leave it in. See, Unless there's a particular topography. I haven't seen any science. I've only heard hearsay well, from other golfers. How but they've, they've always told me that if you want to make it, take the flag stick out. Is there a good analogy for this well, i mean what is the overall area if um obviously not the circumference raised but what you know, the total area of that the flag stick takes up in terms of you know a two-dimensional plane well flag sticks are different sizes but i'm but not sure it, it would seem much, like but... there's that much less area available in the hole for the ball to go in if the flag stick is in which makes my small brain think that you'd want to take the flag stick out but i i hear what you're saying and it seems like it also would make sense as a uh, a backstop of sorts for you know putts and chips to leave it in as well so i'm not exactly sure where right now i'm more confused about golf than i've ever been in my entire life it's very confusing well there's going to be a split on the tour if that's really the rule and i don't think it is for some reason i i really am skeptical about this i'm skeptical i i I don't believe i hope mike reconsiders mike again if you're listening please reconsider you're you're a very nice here's here's the reason very nice man. Here's the reason it doesn't make sense. I'll tell you why. If it's up to people, then you're going to be putting the flag in and taking it out, depending on people's preferences. Which sounds in the like same a real group, clusterfuck. Which is dumb. So that can't be the rule. So you're going to have uh, Dustin Johnson who wants it in, and you're going to have Jason Day who wants it out, and then you're going to be putting it in, putting it out. Yeah, you are. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be like a gangbang. <laughs> and, you know, I don't want a gangbang. I want regular straight sex. <laughs> I just want to play golf. Yeah. I, I Honestly, now that I'm reading this, this this I think singular, this write-up is, is faulty. The singular rule change, if it is in fact something they're considering doing, um, that that one alone could warrant its its own podcast and it, you know thousands of articles written on this thing. I mean, I I have. Why don't you just glue the the uh, <laughs> the flag stick in the middle of the hole and just move all of it around? So stupid. All right, we we l- let's move on so I can have give my brain a chance to to digest that while paying attention to other less important. We aren't rule we changes. aren't kids anymore. <laughs> okay. Areas the committee may mark as a penalty area where uh, relief with a one-stroke penalty is allowed. The current rule is relief is allowed only from, quote, water hazards. The new rule, red and yellow marked penalty areas Hmm. may now cover areas of desert, jungle, lava rock, and whatever else in addition to areas of water. So essentially water hazards. that's, That's not a big change. That sounds good. That seems fine to me. Let's go next one. Player moves loose impediments, touches the ground with hand or club, or grounds the club in a penalty area when the ball is in the penalty area. The current rule is loss of hole in match play or a two-stroke penalty with exceptions in stroke play. There is no longer a penalty of any kind. So I think basically that just means that you can move loose impediments and hazard now. And can you ground your club as well? Read that again. So the... Um, 
player moves loose impediments, touches the ground with hand or club, or grounds the club in a penalty area when the ball is in the penalty Sounds area. Sounds like you can ground your club now in a hazard. That's another, is that really the rule? That's another big one. That seems... I, I'm, I'm, I have to admit skepticism about the way these are phrased. This these is, can't be the rule changes. These are some sweeping changes. And, and again, I would like to tell everybody that these are still proposed changes to the rules of golf. These are no, in no way finalized yet. These are simply proposals. It's like the House Republicans' Obamacare replacement. <laughs> it's just a proposal. That's right. It's just <laughs> and so I, I, my, my, when I read that they are proposed rule changes, that makes me think that obviously some of these are not going to go into effect. I think that there's good cause to get rid of the accidental you know brushing of the sand or which also is a rule we'll get to by the way but that that is actually after the uh it's a different rule change yeah it's a different rule change but whatever why would it it be different if you could ground your club in a hazard now what what was the name of the gal that got fucked at the u.s women's open last year oh yeah uh nordquist or nord nord uh the norwegian Um, gal yeah and a nordquist Nordquist. you know she paid a pretty dire penalty for accidentally just grazing a couple grains of sand in a bunker in the playoff. That's right. And, and Dustin know, Johnson, of course, you know, he he intentionally grounded his club, but he didn't think he was in a bunker. But it's the same thing. These that, rule changes are going to alter the way we look back at a lot of yes. pivotal golf tournaments that have happened in the past. Well, actually, I mean, we always thought it was unjust, but yeah. we thought it was at least, you know... <laughs> at least they're following the rules. Following the rules, yeah. Well... I don't think you should be able to ground your club in a hazard because there has to be a penalty so for being in one. Right? If if you ha- if you can ground your club in a hazard, then there's no penalty for being in a hazard except for your bad lie. I mean, right? Can you think of a can you think of a No. I can't think of any other reason. The the what makes a hazard a hazard is that you can't ground your it's club. It's hazardous. The, the, yeah. the, the rules are different. I mean, here's the deal. You can always take an unplayable lie. Right. Anywhere on a golf course. Mm-hmm. So so now it, it's essentially no different than so playing. So it's the same as any other place. It, there's no such thing as a hazard, really. I mean, I know that there are lateral water hazards and special drop rules and shit like that. But if you can ground your club in a hazard, then it's the same as every other place on a golf course. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I I don't agree with that proposed rule change either. Uh, and it sounds like you're of the same mind. I mean, I guess the, the one difference is that you can set the... You know, the, the, the hazard can be larger and you can take relief from the edge of it. And hmm. so for an unplayable lie, you have to take relief from the, the spot of the ball. Hmm. But still, it's, it, that's a minor distinction. Yeah, it's kind of... What makes a hazard thing. a hazard is not being able to ground your club. That's it. I agree. Yeah. Okay, next one. Expanded use of red marked penalty areas. I thought we just went over... Jesus this. Christ. So the current rule is all water hazards Mike Davis marked. is drunk with power, by the way. <laughs> uh, Mike, you're a nice guy. I ask you to please reconsider this flag stick in the whole rule. What was his real job? Uh, butt pirate? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I don't know. I think you're right. Uh, all right. Expanded use of red marked penalty areas. The current rule is all water hazards should be marked yellow, except where their location on the course makes it impossible or unreasonable to drop behind the hazard. Only when this is the case may these water hazards be marked red as lateral water hazards. Okay. The new rule committees are given the discretion to mark all penalty areas as red so that lateral relief is always allowed, but then in parentheses, but they may still mark penalty areas as yellow where they consider it appropriate. 
I think I like that. From what I recall, I mean, this is always the bane of golfers' existence is remembering the drop rules <laughs> yeah, for right. the yellow and red. Well, I mean, shit, dude. Like, but most of the guys on the tour, they, you know, they don't remember. Of, they don't remember. They don't know that, that's why they have rules that's officials right there to ask them. It's their job. Right. And they don't know it. Right. <laughs> so, from what I recall, the, the number of options that you have for a red hazard is, is expanded. Uh, well, I mean, th- there's always more options for a red stake than there is a yeah, yellow, correct? so that sounds good to me. Okay, cool. Right. All right, let's go next one. Elimination of the opposite side relief option for red penalty areas. That's a good idea, too. That that bullshit, almost nobody ever took advantage of it, and it took like 30 minutes 30 to figure it out. I agree. So the, the current rule is a player is always allowed to take relief from opposite side of a red marked lateral wazer hatters. Wait but, a minute, they're expanding it? No, no. so it's oh. elimination. Oh, okay. So, the current rule is that a yeah, player yeah, yeah. is always allowed go. to take relief from the opposite side of a red marked lateral water yeah, hazard. Let's, let's end that. New rule. It's a, a stupid rule. Yeah. And players no longer allowed to take relief from a red penalty area on the opposite side. It's like a rule written by somebody who never actually played golf. Like, oh, you're going to walk over to the other side and you fuck. It could be it could be 100 miles away and you'd get to take relief over right, there. Right. That makes sense. All right. Let's go next one here. Player moves or touches a loose impediment in a bunker when the ball is in the bunker. Intentionally, unintentionally, it, it makes no. Sp- it does not specify whether it's intentional or unintentional. Uh, the current rule is loss of hole in match play or a two-stroke penalty in stroke, and there's now no penalty. Is Touch- that the, the Anarchus rule? Touches. Um, players will be able to remove loose impediments from a bunker. So if a stick is in a bunker, it's a bad of some rule. Kind, it's a bad rule too. Well, maybe that's it. If, if there's a, I, a tree I, I, hanging double... over a bunker and you have a, a little stick or something lying behind your ball, you're now allowed to remove the stick where beforehand you were not able to. It seems like it's not a bad idea to be able to do that. But mm-hmm. really, I'm going to go back to my description of hazards. I said not being able to ground your club was what made a hazard a hazard. Right. That, I now realize, is only partially the case. The other thing that makes it a hazard is that you can't remove loose impediments. Right. That That is actually probably the main yeah. distinction of a hazard. You are at the mercy of what nature has put there. Yeah, I don't like that. I, I think that uh, so long as we're going to have the concept of a hazard in golf, mm-hmm. we need to have rules for it or that, else it's the same as every other place. I think a lot of people fail to, to realize that even though it's not marked with red or yellow, um, a bunker is a hazard. That's why they're there. Well, of course they're, they're there to be I think most detriments. I mean, yeah, I, I know most people think, oh, it's a sand trap. It's a bunker. No, but it's a hazard. It's meant for you to stay away from. When you go into it, it's supposed to be more difficult to play your next shot. Um, yeah, and what are we going to have? We're going to have people taking, you know, what is a loose impediment in a bunker? That's a, a difficult question to answer because yeah. anywhere else on a golf course, sand is a loose impediment. It's not attached to the ground. So if it's not affixed to the ground, anywhere you are on a course except a hazard, you can remove it. So it depends on the size of the grain. Then we're deciding, oh, is this pebble big enough to be a loose impediment or is it part of the sand? And what if they move grains of sand at the same time they're moving the stick? Does that mean they're not moving a loose impediment, but they're moving an integral part of the area? Mm -hmm. And anytime you move anything in a bunker, you're going to move sand because it's sand. So, seems like uh, a rule that's going to cause more trouble than it's worth. And I, I understand that you know they want to let people take giant rocks out of a bunker and stuff, but you can take a, an unplayable lie and take your penalty. I mean, these p- places are meant to be inhospitable. Agreed. Um, and now we'll get to like the Anacor- uh, Anna Nordquist rule where it says Anna player- rule. <laughs> 
I wish Anna Kornikova played golf. Right. Just be she'd, for, she'd win just as many majors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was perfect. All right. A player touches the sand in a bunker with his or her hand or a club when the ball is in the bunker. That seems too vague. So current rule, any touching of the sand with hand or a club results in loss of hole in match play or two-stroke penalty in stroke play with exceptions. The new rule, no penalty except when a player touches the sand one with his or her hand or club to test the conditions of a bunker, or two, with the club in the area right behind or in front of the ball in making a practice swing or in making the backswing for the stroke. So if you unintentionally graze the sand a little bit in the actual motion of your, you know, when you're actually planning on hitting the golf ball, there is now no longer a penalty. No, no. Read that back again. It seems to me like that was one of the exceptions. Okay. So the new rule is there's no penalty except when a player either A, with his hand or club to test the conditions of the bunker. Okay, let's move on Or from that. B, with the club in the area right behind right. or in front of the ball in making a practice swing or in making the backswing for a stroke. Ah, so maybe I am wrong. Yeah. So it seems like it mostly preserves the rule. It, it, uh, it just seems... It saves people similar from, but more complex. Like, let's now. say you're walking into the bunker and you are dangling your club at your side and it accidentally touches the sand. That's no longer a penalty. That seems okay to me. Okay. It seems like that's mostly the same rule that it is now. Okay. Let's see. Unplayable ball relief options. Current rule: no relief outside the bunker, other than playing in, uh, other than huh? in playing from where the player's last stroke was made. I don't understand that. Okay, so let's start over again. So unplayable ball relief options. The current rule: no relief outside the bunker, and then in parentheses, other than in playing from where the player's last stroke was made. The new rule. I don't rule, think that's the rule, is it? I thought you could take relief outside the bunker. Maybe you can't. I don't know. A new rule. I've never taken unplayable relief well, out of a bunker. Maybe it means so. that you can't take, if you're in a bunker with an unplayable lie, you can't take relief outside of the bunker. That's what it sounds like to me, but I always, I, I've never actually done that. Right. So I never thought that you could change the, you know, the locale. Well, I always thought that you could just take relief. the surface out, of the, you know. I always thought you could take relief outside of a bunker with a penalty because it's a hazard. Right. But if you were in a bunker, could you take relief outside of the bunker? I, I always thought so. you could because it's hazard. Yeah, I didn't know. But the new rule, a player may take relief outside the bunker back on a line from the hole through where the ball was at rest for two penalty strokes. That sounds fine to me. I, I might have always thought that was the rule. <laughs> so I, I agree. Okay. All right. We're going to dash through a couple uh, couple more of these, if that's all right with you, my friend. Equipment. I've there got are, some. There are now no, no. Anyway. There are now rules regarding equipment. Uh, use of clubs damaged during a round. The current rule: a player That's may a good use, rule for me. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> a player. Due to my anger. <laughs> a player may use the damaged club only if it was damaged in the quote normal course of play. That's an interesting rule. Where the new rule is: a player may keep using any damaged club even if the player damaged <laughs> it quote in anger. I kind of like that rule. I think that's fucking cool. So if you fucking like, snap your putter on your not? fucking foot in why anger not? and it's bent at a forty-five degree angle, well, you can keep using your putter. I guess the idea is that it's non-conforming, but there you could never possibly do that intentionally, I right? Agree. I agree. I, and I, I'm be, okay with this. And it would be really, really entertaining to, to see somebody, somebody try to put with that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. That'd be great. I completely agree. Oh, we're going to see at least two entertaining things a decade on the PGA Tour out of that rule. Yeah, this is going to be really good. I, I, I like this one. Um, okay. 
adding clubs to replace a club damaged during a round. Yeah. I don't know, okay. I'm, I don't know anything about this. So the I've, current, done it, I've done it before. The current rule, a player may replace a damaged club if it is, quote, unfit for play and was damaged in the, quote, normal course of play. Uh, the new rule is a player may not replace a damaged club unless the player was not responsible for the damage. This seems like to be the first rule of all of these that we've read isn't that it? is not more accommodating. Isn't that the same rule? No, it, it's now that... Um, what does responsible mean? So, a play, again, now a player may not replace a damaged club, whereas before they were no, able... No, no, no. It, what, it, it all hinges on the word responsible. Unless the player was not responsible for the damage. What does responsibility mean? That's a really, really wishy-washy word. This is your goddamn lawyer speak, making my small mind melt, okay? Right, I mean... So what do you think here? Well, normal course of play and responsible seem to me to, you know, my common sense reactions that they mean the same thing. Hmm. So if I'm playing golf and I just hit a ball and there's a big giant boulder under my ball that I didn't know and the club breaks... Am I responsible for damaging the club? I guess I am because I took the swing. I guess so. But I did. But it was damaged in the normal course of play. I, I like the normal course of play rule better. I that agree. was more clear. Hmm. So I'm not sure what they're getting at with that rule. I'm not really sure either. Um, because ultimately, if the player is always responsible for it in a causation sense, because he puts the club in the place that it is. So, like you said, it could be more inhospitable. But I. I don't think that's a reasonable way to look at the rule. Does this mean now that if a player damages a club in the normal course of play, that he's now no longer entitled to replace that club? That only, I mean, it, it, that's what it means. Like if, if, er, you, if Ernie Els is hitting a pitch yeah, shot that, that can, and it snaps it on the, you know, the follow through right, of his right. club, he no longer can replace that club. If that's what you think responsibility means, then yes, which mm -hmm. is why it's an absurd way to think of the rule. Interesting. Okay. So, here, here's the next one, and this is, has to do with DMDs. Are you familiar with DMDs? Uh, no. Distance measuring devices. Uh, Jesus. Range there's a, there's finders. An acronym for everything. Apparently so. So this is a rule regarding the use of distance measuring devices, and that is the current. So rule. long as it says over seven and a half inches, I'm <laughs> fine with them. No, I'm sorry. What, what is the rule? <laughs> the current rule is that uh, seven and a half. Oh, sorry. DMD use is prohibited unless a local rule has been adopted allowing their use. That can't be the rule. That's the current rule in the U.S. In oh, okay. That's the, USGA. the current rule. I see. The new rule is the use of DMDs is allowed unless a local rule has adopted prohibiting their use. Good change. Um, I agree. Now the question is going to be on the tour. Is there just going to always be a local rule put into place during events that disallows uh, rangefinders for professionals? It's almost a moot point because their yardage measurements are so accurate. That uh, yeah, I would agree. It really doesn't matter whether they have a rangefinder or not. But I think it, it rangefinder is a good innovation in golf. Agreed. Yeah, it, it, it's. I don't even have knowing one exactly how far away I'm you are. Such is, a cheap fucker, but. I should get one. I will say this: there, it is cool. Like I, I can only imagine that local rules um, prohibiting rangefinders are only going to be found at the most hoity-toity, exclusive kind of private clubs. <laughs> Sorry, Bruce. Uh, correct. <laughs> Where they don't even have yardages on the sprinkler heads. 
fuck you <laughs> if you can't see how far you are. <laughs> All right, next one. Um, so now, now we're getting some rules regarding playing a ball. Not balls, but just playing a ball, a singular ball. All right. What about so, Lonzo Ball, <laughs> UCLA's very star ta- point guard? Very talented. Um, better than the next Steph Curry. I don't know about that. From from what, his, from what his father says. He's supposed mm. to be quite good. Everybody's father loves them. Too much, almost. Yeah. All right. So playing a ball. The rule. Caddy standing behind a player to help with that player's alignment. The current rule stays says that a caddy is allowed to stand behind or stand on a line behind a player while the player is taking a stance and preparing to play, but must not stand there while the player makes the stroke. The new rule says the caddy is not allowed to stand on a line behind a player while the player is taking his or her stance and until the stroke is made. That doesn't seem to make much of a difference to me. So they have to leave a little bit earlier? I guess so. Like they can't be behind them as they're lining up to their putt. That that seems That's like it sounds fine to me. I I find it irritating when the caddies are behind the player to begin with because I mean really. Yeah. How easy are we going to make life on these PGA Tour players? They're already making millions of dollars <laughs> playing golf. I understand it's hard and that you probably weren't going to make it and et cetera, et cetera. But it's not helping golf's image to have some you know fucking smock wearing caddy standing behind you lining up a putt and the putt is the least manly of all golf acts so to have to have an extra man helping you with your putt you know it just yeah it's not good for the image of the game i hate to say it yeah it's not great all right let's go to another caddy related uh, rule change all these rules about caddies are kind of you know they're they're irrelevant to uh, most people. Off the top, yeah. I thought, uh, how many rounds of golf are played with a caddy nationwide? I, I have never had a caddy in my life. When I played, two, I have caddied for people before. I was a I was a caddy for five years, and in my life, I have played a total of twenty seven holes of golf with a caddy. One time, because uh, I was a kid and my dad wanted to spoil me, we got a caddy when we were on a trip to Scotland, but we weren't. I wasn't quite spoiled enough to get my own caddy, so we got one caddy. I got him for the front nine, and my dad got him for the back nine. Oh, please, please. <laughs> Which I mean, to be fair, I mean it seems like kind of lame and cheap, but like in hindsight, like dude, my dad probably wasn't making a lot of money. It was like probably a stretch just to get one in the first place. He's like, all right, well, you know, I'm not just gonna give my little fucking you know 14 year old a caddy for all 18 holes when he's not paying anything. Like I gotta get some of this goodness as well too. I I I totally back his decision. I mean, the only other acceptable option would have been not to get one at all. But when you play Carnoustie, you got you got to get a caddy. I mean, because he's still helping both players with you know alignment and where to go and everything like that. I will stop the humble brag right now. And then the other one, obviously, I played a nice course a couple weeks ago and I had a caddy, which was great. Probably saved me five to seven strokes. So that was the second time in your life you've had a caddy. Yeah. Wow. And it's only because it was required at the course that I was playing. Like you weren't allowed to go out without one. <laughs> Cypress. Anyway, next rule change. <laughs> Uh, caddy lifts and replaces a player's ball on the putting green. Does that seem odd to you? That that seems normal. I don't think a caddy should necessarily pick up a player's ball, but I don't have a huge problem with it. Yeah. I just think that a, play, a, a player should be responsible for his ball at all times. Okay. But uh, it's not a big deal. Uh, okay, so, so the current rule says that it's a one-stroke penalty if done without the player's specific authorization. But now uh, a caddy may lift and replace a player's ball on the putting green without these, the player's authorization to do of, so. A lot of these rules 
have to do with players who aren't like you and me, our fair listener. Correct. You and I don't have caddies picking up balls. I mean, Jesus. Even those of us who are lucky enough to have caddies don't have caddies who are proactive enough to mark the ball. Right. Well, that's the thing. Is like I feel like you and I, um, we we've had access to more nice, I should say, luxurious rounds of golf than most. So in your life, if you had to guess how many rounds of golf you've played from the time you were born until today, where, where would that 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 number be? How many rounds of golf have how I many, played? How many rounds of golf have you played in your life? Mm. A thousand? Yes. Yeah. Like, I, I'd probably say north of a thousand for me, too. If I've had a caddy for one and a half rounds of golf, we're talking one-tenth of one percent. You know, of, I've never had a caddy. You've never had one? I've had one for one and a half rounds. And I consider myself to be super fucking lucky. All right? So this is these rules are for professionals, not really for people like us, and especially for the majority of people that are out there. Absolutely. All right. Now, I think this is the last little bit of uh, rules that we'll be going over. Just a, a couple of them left. All right. So these are... <laughs> All right. Know. So the last two categories that we're going to be going to is... The first one is when to play during a round. And the last one that we're going to be going over is the best one of all. Player behavior. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, Seems like something I'll break. <laughs> for when to play during a round. Yeah. This is recommendations on how to play promptly. And the current rules, no recommendations are given. But there's going to be a new rule regarding prompt play. And that is recommends that a player make each stroke in no more than 40 seconds. And usually in less time. Since when is a recommendation a rule? Aren't those You're concepts... the attorney. You tell me. Well, I mean, I understand that laws set norms, but if there's no teeth to it, then is it a rule? And I'm going to cease my academia here. But I understand where they're going. But, you know, it's just like the pitch clock in baseball. They're never going to enforce it. It's right. a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, I agree. I think that's kind of a... Window dressing. That's a kind of a silly-ass thing to do. Okay, next one. Playing out of turn in stroke play. Oh, please. Everybody does that already. Current rule. No penalty. But the current rule is written in a way that may imply that playing out of turn is wrong or is not allowed. <laughs> ready golf, people. We th This has been The adopted. new rule is just simply that ready golf is encouraged and yeah, can yeah. be done. Yeah, it's fine. That's fine. That's a me. very good idea. I agree as well. Okay, other changes to help pace of play. Um, other new rules include simplified dropping rules, as we went over, allowing more areas to be marked as penalty areas. Yes. Expanded use of red penalty areas and allowing a player to putt with a flag stick in the hole. All things, those are all rules that they're saying were implemented or are trying to be implemented simply to in, improve pace of play. Can you, I, I'm going to interrupt. Can Please. you think of one time where the flag stick needing to be pulled rule has cost anybody any amount of time? Um, if by any amount of time you mean more than 10 seconds? No. Amazing. Jesus. It, it does change really a misguided the rule entire change. concept of golf. We're, we're going to dig into that, ladies and gentlemen. We will. Um, all right. So last one before we go to player behavior is that a new alternative form of stroke play. You ready for this? The current rule is in standard individual stroke play, players must hole out at every hole. The only recognized alternative forms of stroke play where holding out is not required 
are Stableford, Par, and Bogey. I'm not quite sure what that means. But anyway, the new rule. A new, quote, maximum score form of stroke play is recognized where a player's score for a hole is capped at a maximum score, such as double par or triple bogey, that is set by the committee. That's fine. I, I, I usually need a reprieve when I've got a big fucking number up there anyway where I'm like, thank you. Just stop the bleeding. Let, let me get out of here. When it comes to serious golfers in a tournament, the committee shouldn't set that. Because, you know, if Tiger Woods wants to make an 11 on a hole, he should get an 11. But when it comes to lowly, well, I mean, Tiger Woods actually might be making a lot of 11s right now, but uh, <laughs> I should say Jason Day. If he wants to make an 11 on a hole, then, uh, you know. Let him do it. You let him do it. He should pay the price. But when it comes to lowly regulars like yours truly, uh, you know, if people are making triples on holes, uh, I mean, double par actually is a, is a better rule, but, uh, you know, anybody who's getting those numbers isn't going to be in contention for anything anyway. So you might as well staunch the bleeding a little bit and Agreed. save everybody some time. Totally agree. And that, that's another one of those pace of play rules. It seems like that makes perfect, perfect sense for 99% of the golfers out there. There's going to be some golfers who never putt. <laughs> good for them. It's going to save them a lot of fucking point. Save, I save them a lot of frustration. I'm, I'm a really bad putter. I wish I were one of those guys. <laughs> uh, all right. We got just a couple left. And they're player all, behavior. They're all under the realm of player behavior. Oh, my God. You and I are going to struggle with this. Okay. First one playing in the spirit of the game, whatever the fuck that means. Does that mean you have to get drunk? <laughs> if that is the case, we are going to succeed. We'll be just fine. All right. The current rule the rules are set out. The rules set out no standards of conduct except indirectly <laughs> in giving committees discretion to disqualify players for a serious breach of etiquette. Okay. All right. A new rule explains and reinforces the high standards of conduct expected from players and gives a committee discretion to disqualify players for serious misconduct. That sounds exactly it sounds the same like to the me. same rule. Sounds like the same thing to me. All right. Lame. Christ. Next one. Code of player conduct. Current rule. Committees. No jean shorts. <laughs> no, okay. You know, I think the jean shorts are really coming back, by the way. Shorts. <laughs> Current rule. Committees may disqualify players for a serious breach of etiquette, but are not allowed to impose lesser penalties such as a one-stroke penalty or loss of a hole in match play or a two-stroke penalty, right? Hmm. The new rule is committees are given authority to adopt their own code of player conduct, conduct and to set penalties for the breach of the standards in that code. How do you feel about rules officials being given the authority to assess a one- or two-stroke penalty if a player is being a real jackass? So long as they have the disqualification authority it seems like it makes sense that they can assess lesser penalties it it, it does pass the common sense test so I'm, I'm okay with it yeah the only thing that you're afraid of is that you have a rogue that, rules official who's got a real shitty day you know you know what tim I mean? donahy yeah, has right. become a golf rules <laughs> official <laughs> but uh <laughs> 
Well, that that previously they would have reserved disqualification for egregious violations, and now even minor stuff is going to get kind of a severe penalty, like a loss of a hole or a two-stroke penalty. But what do you think, like on a PGA Tour event, like would what what's something you can think of where a rules official will be like, oh, that's a what's the one-stroke dis- penalty? What's the description of the conduct that would justify that? Do you want me to give you a, all, all this Quickly. article says is at the new rule. Committees are given authority to adopt their own code of play. So they have conduct. to have a code, so they can't just do it arbitrarily. They so have to I, do I, it. I guess each individual tournament or club would have to have their own code of player conduct that then a rules official would follow. Um, yeah, I guess that doesn't give an official the authority to adopt their own code on the fly, right? Is that, is that how you would interpret that? Uh, yeah, I mean, you could certainly write a code that's so open-ended that it would be the same, but it it implies that you should have a code set out ahead of time i mean i don't know if the committee at at doral is going to say that it you know if you vote democrat you get a two-stroke penalty <laughs> i mean I, who knows what it's going to be so so let's just you know let's let's say a month from now the masters is happening Bo watson has just double bogeyed the 12th hole okay he's getting ready to make up those strokes with an eagle on 13 and he just leaves the club face wide fucking open and just sprays it into the fucking azaleas, out of play, and he just screams, motherfucker, at the top of his lungs, slams the club to the Does ground, he swear? throws it into the fucking trees, and just, all of a sudden he realizes, oh my God, I'm a guy playing a pink golf ball, and I just <laughs> Does threw he play a club a pink at, ball? Yeah, he's playing a pink Volvic now. Oh, I didn't know that. He's, he's the, the Pro V1 is a, gone. A pink Volva? <laughs> This grown-ass man is now playing a pink golf ball on the professional golfer's tour, all right? And he just gets frustrated. I need more acknowledgement of my joke. (laughs) A vulva, yes. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry. You you should have been acknowledged. I'm sorry. So what what happens? What does a rules official do to Bubba Watson – you know, acknowledging his own pathetic standing in the world of golf by playing a pink golf ball, a vulva, and oh, throwing a club into the woods. Isn't it what, what kind of a penalty is assessed for something like that? Supposedly about his mother. Right. Um, well, yeah. I mean, we shouldn't be punishing golfers for being profane. My my junior golf tour days, they were trying to punish me for being profane, and I was very angry about that. I agree. I being, I think the golf, I think the golf world actually needs a Happy Gilmore type character who just comes out and just starts just lacing profanities on all the women and children in his direct surrounds. I think, I think, while it doesn't sound great at first, it would be it's, great for TV ratings. It'd it be good great. for the game. It sounds great at yeah, first. Yeah, it, 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 I don't think it would have an overall negative impact on the sport. So my question is, does this rule now penalize and completely? You know, forbid that sort of activity from activity from activity. ever happening on tour. Activity. Activity. Uh, well, thoughts. I guess it throws it in the discretion of the committee. You know, if you're at a conservative tournament, they could have less of a tolerance for stuff. At the majors, I hesitate to think that they would uh, alter the outcome of a major or the leaderboard based on. Rory McIlroy throwing his three iron into a lake or anything like that. But you, you could see some sort of uh, strong-minded committees, you know, throwing their weight around for a while with the new rule and deciding to do that. But I think they always could have done that, right? I mean, that that's part of the intrinsic power of a committee is that for conduct, 
unbecoming of the tournament, you can disqualify people. That's always been sort of the basic power of a tournament committee is that you can disqualify somebody for behaving a certain way. Is that is that only on I the I don't know about the PGA though? Tour, but once again, we, we look at a lot of rule changes that seem to be geared more toward the PGA Tour than regular golfers. Mm-hmm. I mean, most regular golfers never have committees that are presiding over them anyway, but still. If if there were disqualifications and one- and two-stroke penalties uh, thrown out for profanities, mm. um, most of us would never finish a round of golf ever. My dad uh, must have been 25 years ago. He was playing golf in, on Maui. And uh, he was a single. He got paired with some German tourists who were in Hawaii. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. <laughs> he he was going around and playing. And then some of these, a couple of these German guys would hit bad shots. They'd be like, Scheiße. <laughs> ah, Scheiße. <laughs> and so those guys would have been penalized by the committee. Interesting. Under the current rules. Huh. Yeah, like I wonder if like some sort of camera crew, you know, I, I, again, I keep going going to Augusta, even though it's probably not a good example. Because We're fantasizing it's super... about the Masters. The Masters should be every month. Yeah, yeah, I agree. There should be a monthly tournament played at Augusta. That would just make golf so much more satisfying. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I was going to go into some crass, you know, speculative, you know, hypothetical that probably just doesn't even need to be mentioned now. And it's probably going to get me, a, you know. Anyway, let's oh continue. Wow. All right, let's just go for it. If, you know, let's say camera crews were to catch, let's say Roy McElroy, you know, jerking off to a picture of his ex-fiance wow. in the bathroom at Augusta, you know, at the turn. She wasn't that Is hot. It, I, I think she's pretty, I think she's very attractive. None of Roy McElroy's girlfriends have been that hot. Caroline Wozniacki was the hottest one. That, that's one of them. Wasn't he, that his ex-fiance? That's one of them. Oh, has he had multiple ex-fiances? I don't know about ex-fiances. But I mean, like, so in that, I think Caroline Wozniacki is better looking than the current one. Yeah, I'd agree. But none of them are that great. I mean, he could get way better. Not to be sexist, but he could. He's exquisitely successful. He's pretty. Well, it's just that he's, he's seems, decently good looking. He seems he's to pick women who are just like not that sexual to me. But but I could be wrong. I, I've been known to be well, wrong about women's sexuality. I, I didn't mean to single out Rory McIlroy specifically. I was just you know it was the first golfer that came to mind because you know he's successful, he's chiseled, he's had I'm a sorry. checkered relationship past. I'm sorry. He seems you know I, liable I, to do something frivolous and he does you know just unex you know unexplainably sexual in a weird closeted type way. Okay. Sorry, and so if something like that that's not directly related to him playing golf, you know, is that grounds for penalty under these new kinds of rules? Absolutely not. Okay. I mean, if a guy, you know... Obviously during his round, so I guess to kind of keep, you know, it's not like you're yeah, going to catch him in a guy, hotel room a guy, late at night right, or something Right, like right. If a guy smokes yeah, tons of meth that, that's and a runs much over example. a, a farmer's some, market worth of people, he probably won't be allowed to play the next day and... <laughs> they could probably give him a two-stroke penalty if they wanted to, but <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, the, the the penalties for you know being a tour member and stuff like that are separate from the penalties sure. of being a participant in a tournament. Okay, all right, let's go. Let's go on to the next one here. So, eliminating announcement requirements before lifting a ball under certain rules. Okay, the current rule before lifting in these cases. The player must announce to another player or the marker that he or she is doing so and allow that person to observe the process. Okay. Yeah. We 
It's fine to do away with that. It's enough already. Uh, the new rule stipulates that uh, when a player has good reason to mark and lift a ball to identify it, check for damage, or to see if it lies in a condition where relief is allowed, uh, the player is no longer required to first announce to another player or his or her marker the intent to do so or to give that person an opportunity to observe the process. Good rule change. Good rule change. All right. This is the last one. We've gone through 36 potential oh rule changes God in this podcast. Last one here. Players' reasonable judgment in estimating and measuring under a rule. So, the current rule. I think people usually measure about <laughs> a half inch to an inch more <laughs> than they should. Anyway. The current rule says, a player's judgment is given no particular weight or deference. The committee decides... Deference. Thank you. Defer? They're not deferring? You defer, but you have deference. So, is given no particular weight or deference. <laughs> Fuck me and screw me sideways. The committee decides any issue about the accuracy or the estimation or measurement based on a review of all facts. <laughs> Oh, fuck me. We're almost done with this thing. I promise. The new rule. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. The new rule when estimating or measuring a spot. Goddamn, I got to stop leaving fucking. <laughs> oh, you're going to make me just <laughs> delete all kinds of audio out of this goddamn podcast. Okay. All right, I'm starting from scratch. <laughs> uh, a player's reasonable judgment in estimating and measuring under a rule. Current rule, a player's judgment is given no particular weight or deference. The committee decides any issues about the accuracy or the estimation of measurement based on a review of all facts. What are your thoughts on that, Casey? And your rubber Can band. Can you repeat that, please? <laughs> Maybe we should just end halfway through our last rule change. I can't keep, no, no, no. I can't keep it together. <laughs> please, please repeat that. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. All right. I got to get get oxygen back in my system here real quick. Okay. Okay. Players' reasonable judgment in estimating and measuring under a rule. Current rule. A player's judgment is given no particular weight or deference. The committee decides any issue about the accuracy of the estimation or measurement based on a review of all facts. The new rule, when estimating or measuring a spot, point, line, area, or distance under a rule, a player's reasonable judgment will not be second-guessed based on later evidence, such as a video review, if the player did all that could reasonably be expected under the circumstances to make an accurate estimation or measurement. I like where they're going with that rule, but it's a pretty convoluted way to write it. It, it was, as I was reading it, I was hoping that you were listening closely enough to be able to explain to me what I just read. They're trying to keep, you know, TV viewers from looking at a drop and seeing, oh, it's closer to the hole. Bullshit like right, that. Right, because there's been things like a lot of instances like that in the past where somebody's called in to the U.S. Champion like, hey, I yeah. just saw something on TV. And it's and that's good fucking... to eliminate that because, first of all, who are those people? They are people that are lonely and, and need friends and activities and things to do. Those are people who who completely sustain the stuck-a-rod-up-your-ass industry. 
or the flag but, stick in the hole industry. Yeah, that too. <laughs> um, but it's a bad way to write the rule. Yeah, it's, it you know, it's seem, still le- it's like seems it, pretty odd. It's like okay, we're gonna side with the players now, except we're gonna leave a loophole in there as big as we want it to be for when we disagree with the way the player decided it. So it's kind of a half measure. Yeah. Like a half change. It's odd. Well, now that we've had that, before we, we go, and before you get a chance to <laughs> mock my sanity with a, a rubber band, uh, what what are your biggest takeaways from some of these proposed rule changes? Like, what, obviously the one, the flag stick in the hole, to me... We need to, to clarify that. To I, both I, of us, I that, can't that believe seems, that's the rule. Again, I would like to remind people that these are proposed rule changes these are not set in stone yet these are but these are things that the usga has thought about talked about discussed and has now put forward as a proposed rule change which means that at least somebody at rule you know golf's governing body has given this the okay to be vetted by the public and you know that one rule sticks out to me as being just super odd and again yeah, I, I still don't even believe it, but uh, I think most of the rule changes are good. It seems like it is weighted toward the professionals in a lot of ways, well, which it, is fine. It's going to affect the professionals more so than anybody else, because again, a lot of these rule changes are not going to make any difference to people that are already playing by the proposed new rules anyway. You I'll, know tell, what I mean? I'll tell you what rule I think is possibly the the soundest change is the rule that you can finally tamp down spike marks and stuff in your line. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that has been a real pain in the ass, and that's going to make golf a lot more pleasant for people. Agree. Um, it, it seems like it's mostly a step in the right direction. I, I might have done things a little bit differently if I had been in charge, but I like that this is the direction that we're going so long as we still have to take the flag stick out on the green. Right. Many, not all, but many of these proposed rule changes seem to be common sense based, um, which I'm on board with. I'm a fan of common sense. That <laughs> I don't usually like it, but <laughs> now well, I do. I'm a general fan. I think other than the repairing spike marks in a line on the green, the other one that makes a lot of sense to me uh, that I'm in support of isn't going to make any difference at all because nobody use it, but is the whole dropping on the other side of a, a red stake lateral? I, yeah. I mean, honestly, who did that anyway? Let, let's just get, get rid of that. It stop was, po- clog- it was stop clogging up the rule book with that bullshit. Thank you. Right. Thank you. So a- any other thoughts or comments on any of these 36 rule changes we've just gone over in well, the last hour? I just hour? want to say that back on the high school golf team, I won the rules award. <laughs> so I hope to win it again. Charlie Hoffer was very, very proud of you, by the way. It was Hafer. Is it Hafer? Hafer. Charlie, I am so fucking sorry. How dare you? I hope you're still alive to listen to my apology right now. Oh, my God. Well. <laughs> Coach, <laughs> I'm sorry. Coach, I'm sorry if I offended you. Guy <laughs> was the man. Charlie was the man. And I hope he, he still he was, is the man. I, I would love to go out and play a round of golf he with was, that guy. He was the rainy day assistant coach of my dreams. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, on that note, okay. So, anything else you want to leave our beloved listeners it's, with before it's we, we been wonderful we leave them for a week or two? Wonderful to see you again, and we will talk about the Masters the next time in yes. light of these recent tournaments. Correct. We will uh, start giving everybody the straight dope on uh, how to make money on the Masters, even though we've never succeeded at that ourselves. Absolutely. I, I'll tell you what. I am going to be hesitant to be 
throwing a substantial amount of money on your boy Danny Willett. That Danny Willett's dis- going to come at attractive odds this year <laughs> to repeat. Has has a reigning champion ever been less likely to defend his title than Danny Willett oh, who was at that this fucker? year's Masters? Who was that fucker who won? Uh, oh my god! One of those fuckers who won. I'm not sure. One of the fuckers would have been. <laughs> One of the various fuckers that has won at Augusta. Yeah. Like Charles Schwartzel. Yeah, but he's better than Danny Willett. Uh, Isn't that crazy? Who would it have been? I don't, I'm not sure. One of the fuckers. <sighs> anyway. Well. I'm leaving it at that. Wonderful to see you, Kyle. We will have a lot more research done by, by the time we come back for that podcast. And by more research, we mean just seven more days to mull and think about the upcoming golf tournament. Not that much more time. Yeah. Hopefully a little bit more. But everybody, thank you very much once again for listening. Um, if you have not already, we would love your support and, uh, you can support the podcast in the form of leaving us a review either on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever, uh, podcast player you have elected to enjoy this on, uh, or send a check in the mail. <laughs> Checks in the mail are real nice. Especially um, if it clears. <laughs> uh, let's see. You can also find, uh, golf guide on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, on Twitter, we are at, at Golf Guide Net. On Facebook, you can just type in Golf Guide. Find us on Instagram. We are Golf Guide underscore. Find a lot of good pictures of a lot of fun, kind of sexy golf courses all over the West Coast. So I encourage you guys to go check that out if you haven't already. And other than that, just just keep being you. Just keep playing golf. Keep keep being delightful. Keep the rain is letting up, and golf courses are going to be lush and radiant throughout the summer so get out there agree now is the time to start hitting buckets or else you're going to be caught fucking behind and (laughs) naked and looking like a fucking douchebag this summer (laughs) get out there on that note thank you so much everybody we'll be back next week i'm hoping case will be here to do preview the masters with me but if not i'll be here with somebody else and uh, if not we'll certainly have just pay me and i'll be here yeah we'll have case and back sometime in the next couple weeks so thank you very much everybody have a ever so pleasant evening day morning whatever the time period is that follows your listening of this podcast and we'll be back with you soon thanks so much Mm -hmm.